Howdy there. I'm Matt McKinley with the Burning Daylight Podcast. If you ever wanted to make a podcast, well, Spotify's got a platform that makes that lets you make one super easily. And then you can distribute it everywhere and even earn money. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for, for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from the phone or computer. Uh, so no matter what uh, your setup is like, you can uh, start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And uh, if you like my show, Fence Post Politics with my buddy Aaron, that's the place to watch it because it's all video all the time. And we uh, like we share videos, we comment on videos, we share news articles and uh, and funny memes. So um, it's pretty cool. Um, and also, if you want to take your conversations to uh, with your fans to the next level, uh, your question and answer answer and polls are the best way to get them talking you can attach that to your your podcast there and, and you get your you get you know valuable interactions with your fan your fans and uh <clears throat> with spotify for podcasters you can earn money in a variety of ways including ads and podcast subscriptions and best of all it's totally free with no catch and that's uh that that is true um, <laughs> supposed to do a testimonial here, um, but anyways, this is the the podcast I use or the podcast uh host that I use. I like Spotify. They're uh they're very good on just letting you do your thing, uh with uh with no catch to it. Uh, there's a good reason why Joe Rogan hosts podcasts on Spotify and, and this is uh this is a great way to get started if you if you've ever thought about starting a podcast this is where I would send anybody to go um <clears throat> best thing you can do is just download the Spotify for podcasters app or you can go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started and yeah if you've ever thought about just doing a podcast or if you're tired of paying a monthly service that uh, doesn't seem to do much for you, Spotify podcasters is your spot. So uh, go to spotify.com slash podcasters or download the app today. Podcast for the working cowboy. Still pretty chilly in the morning. Uh, we've been getting up in the seventies, uh, but the wind's been kicking up right uh, right about two o'clock in the afternoon. The wind's been hitting, <clears throat> so still got that shit. But 
out outside of that, I mean, it's it's really been pretty nice here the last, well, last four or five days. Well, that's cool. Yeah. How about how about over there? Oh, I mean, the wind's always blowing, but it was really nice here today. Uh, <clears throat> you know, it's cold every morning, but I don't know. I think spring's just around the corner. Yeah, you know? you're you're up in the Sand Hills. Yeah, I'm I'm just south of Valentine. Okay. Um. Yeah, so it gets pretty dang cold up there. Yeah, I mean we're basically South Dakota yeah. up here. What's uh what's the average year rainfall look like up there? Man, it's it's so it it, it just it varies so much. I my buddies were telling me earlier today they were thinking it was like nineteen inches, but I don't think that it you know, I don't think so. And I I don't think we had anything measurable. Uh, up until last uh, Friday, because it oh, kind of really? yeah for shoot about two days because we were fighting fire uh, yeah Friday, Friday evening and into the morning and stuff and it was like once we got it got it out it started kind of raining then it just kind of rained off and on but then I was down in Broken Bow on Saturday. And shoot, they didn't have nothing, no rain there, so it's all real, real spotty. Huh. It's um, yeah, that's I know. Growing up, the you know, like the almanac, not the almanac, but or you know, like in the the state history textbooks, it was uh, they they said back a county um where I grew up was like eleven to thirteen inches of of rain a year, and I don't know how many, how many of those uh, average years I saw. I mean, it was pretty, it was pretty goddamn dry, yeah, uh, the whole time. But I mean, it's, uh, but there, I mean, there was times where we might have had close to twenty inches in a, in a year, and that's, I mean, that's that's a really wet year for for that yeah. part of the world. Yeah, well, we were. You know, the last two years we were super wet here. I guess it was nineteen and and uh, twenty were mm-hmm. the wet years, and then last year was kind of a balancing out year. You know, we had enough holes that were filled up with water and stuff that it kind of you know gave the hills a drink and you know got a little bit of grass and stuff. But it's getting back to like a normal year, you know. Because when I was a kid, shoot, there was blowouts all over the place. You know, I mean people do better range management now but uh you know it, it it's just dry you know mm. sand ain't gonna hold much water no it, it just blows away the only thing that grows really well out there is grass and uh that shit catches catches on fire real quick yeah yuccas yuccas grow all right out here yeah so, like good kinda, old soap weed yeah they kind of made any soap out of that I have not. No, neither. I I figured if anybody that listens to the show has, it'd be you. You're kind of a hippie like that. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhat. Somewhat. Um, now you're from Nebraska originally. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually, this is, I was born in Valentine. Yeah. I moved down like North of Lincoln when I was like, um, so Right on. Uh, how long was your family? How how long have they been in that that part of the world? Uh, well, I sent you that book. I guess it was like 1883 is when 
my grandma's granddad came out here from Iowa. That's uh, right. I started reading that and I didn't didn't get it finished. I've I've got like seven books that yeah I've started and haven't finished. I uh, I can plow through one if I'm listening to it on on Audible, but yeah, when I have to actually sit down and read, it takes me. It, uh, anymore it takes me forever to finish a book because I, I just i don't get get sat down for extended period of time to to actually uh read one I, yeah i kind of had a hard time reading that book i mean it was pretty easy easy reading and stuff but i almost feel like these you know fucking around on these smartphones and all that shit is just killing like everybody's attention span at I least know. mine personally you know yeah, I uh, I do I do appreciate uh, a good audible book. Like I I can't recommend uh Annie Jacobson enough. Like she she like dabbles on the conspiracy end of th- stuff, but she's actually very very fact-based and 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 then she reads her own books and she's got a really good reading voice and like I don't know, her her stuff's fantastic, but uh yeah, and if, if it wasn't for her though, I probably like I probably wouldn't be all that that into Audible, and then um, and then I like I wouldn't read near as much as I do. <laughs> that those audiobooks are handy. Yeah, um, yeah, they would be. So is she kind of the one that kind of got you into the Audible books and whatnot? Um, a little bit. She's she's one of the ones that I, I really. Uh, one of the first ones where I really like enjoyed the the reading of it. Uh, there's several audio books that I like I've I've I'd listened to before that I, I liked the book itself, but I didn't care for the the reader. Yeah, I heard. <laughs> and um, but uh, like she she does such a I don't know like I, I listened to her on Rogan, and then I uh, I was gonna buy one of her like a print book, and then I. I had a uh, a free credit on Audible, or I had a had an extra credit, so I just I I downloaded it. it was on um it was on the origins of the CIA, and huh. uh, and because of that book, uh, that led me on another rabbit hole. So I I listened to probably like three or four different books after that, <laughs> just all based off of that one Rogan interview. It was uh it was pretty wild. Um, but yeah, so, so that's, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of that, but I also like, I'd, I'd like to read, like physically read more and I'm like, I don't have enough time right, uh, to, to read much at a, a spell, <coughs> but anyhow, so you, you grew up around Valentine and, uh, so then, then, uh, so kind of what's your story? Oh, uh, well, I guess I, I moved, uh, down to the city or what I, you know, I thought was the city. It was like half an hour North of Lincoln, mm. like, uh, kind of the Valparaiso, Wahoo area and stuff. But boy, I thought that was a city. And, uh, I don't know. I went to, went to high school in the middle of this cornfield of Raymond central, uh, which was kind of, I think, uh, uh, McKenzie, you're uh, the mm-hmm. market lady. She yeah. said something about being like around Brainerd because that's pretty close to Brainerd. So I, I, I tried to get a hold of her to see if she knew um, some uh, cowboy 
I know over there. Um, cause I don't think there's very many, but these guys were pretty punchy. Yeah. Uh, individuals, but yeah, the old Samoa brothers are cool dudes, but, huh. uh, yeah. So I guess that, you know, they kind of just have pockets of that everywhere and whatnot. Yeah. Well, so like how big was, uh, like how big was your graduating class? Oh, uh, it was pretty good size. It was like 60. Okay. Yeah. 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 So that's, I mean, that's quite a bit bigger than uh, that. Yeah. So that's, I mean, it's a decent sized town. Yeah. It w- I mean, it was like four towns put together. Cause oh, like okay. Raymond, Raymond had like 180 people and then Val and Soresco, I think maybe they had like five to 800 people in them. Then Dave, oh, okay. yeah, same size as Raymond, but. Yeah, so it's pretty good size because, like, my sister, she went to school in Bedford, and I think she had like five or six people that graduated with her. Mm. And I think maybe she had a big class. I don't know. That's yeah, I know. That's like um, Campo, Colorado. Is uh, uh, I know my my wife was uh, when she was teaching at holly she did the distance learning for for several other schools and and campo had one kid in their their graduating class that year and oh wow yeah i I mean they i'm sure they had he had a had a hell of a senior trip he still had like all the Uh, all like the concession money and everything from you know (laughs) the, the typical stuff they they used to raise money for a senior trip um yeah and but yeah it was uh that back of county really where I, where i grew up so it's like it's campo vilas walsh springfield pritchett and two buttes um two buttes kids either go to school in in walsh or springfield but they really just need to consolidate it and make it a county school and uh and then it might be like a 3a school maybe yeah but, is that the smallest is it three A? No, they're and so instead of having like one three A school, we've got like eight uh, single A schools. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. like just so I think Springfield's graduating class is about forty something like that. So they they might be bordering on two A, but um, I don't know what they what they are anymore. But uh, I think we my I graduated with nineteen, and they Springfield was like. 40 or 45 something like that so did did were there any one-room schoolhouses uh it what around like in that county oh yeah or there did- was there was plenty of them um but they all kind of they all, all kind of went by the wayside uh when my dad was in uh <coughs> was in was in high school really oh really <laughs> yeah it seemed to be like um they went to they went to the Richards school was where, where he went. And that was just, um, I don't know, half a mile away from, from where they were, they, their homestead was there. And, and then when they, when they got to high school, that's when he moved into town for, for high school. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so I don't know when those, when those one room schools closed, but it wasn't, it wasn't much long after after my dad went to him, so I was, you know, so he was born in '45. Means he would have 
graduated in 63 high okay. school. So, um, yeah, so like the 50s, kind of the kind of when they went by the wayside, it seems like. Huh. Yeah. Well, well, we like I went to a one room school um, up until, you know, I moved. Really? And, like, they, yeah, they still had them going and shit until just a couple years ago. Um, yeah. Well, and, how old are you? Uh, 33. 30, oh, so I'm older than you are, so. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, I graduated in 07, so. Okay. Um, yeah. They, uh, it's a one-room school till, I mean. A couple how, years how, ago. How many, how many kids went to, to that school? Uh, you know, I think well, when I first started, it was pretty big. They, they did this thing where they like, they split it. So like, you know, you went till you're in eighth grade and then, you know, your eighth grade year. And after that you went into high school, but they split it in half. So I think it was like kindergartners through third grade and then mm-hmm. fourth through eighth, they went to a different school. Oh, okay. Uh, I guess it was kind of a weird deal. Uh, kind of split the community or something like that but uh anyways uh yeah i they're trying to like they well they i guess they successfully did it they got rid of them um i think there's i, I got a couple of friends that have some kids and they they still have one going and like yeah. they you know they open it back up because they you know they tell them they don't want to drive all the way to valentine yeah uh because I mean, it's a long ways. Like it's fifty miles either to Valentine or to Thedford from my place. So yeah, I I, I wonder how how that would work now. You you might start seeing a lot more one room schoolhouses in the in the near future. Uh, with uh, with everybody homeschooling now, like there's been a huge rise in homeschooling since the COVID shit. Yeah. And I think we can talk talk about COVID now and and uh and it'd be okay because we're 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 phasing out. We're in the transition phase of COVID is what is what Fauci said. I think so I think oh, it really? means I think that means we can we can say it. I, I don't know how it'll, I, it'll do on uh YouTube, but like Twitter's basically free free domestan anymore. So Is it is it free again, finally? It's um it's really weird. Like I'm starting to see a lot more like entertainment type stuff in the trending. Like it used to be like it used to be when like just funny stuff would start, would, would randomly start trending. And you're starting to see a little bit more of that now, instead of just all politics all the time. Yeah. And so, and they're saying, um, there's been a ton of, uh, conservative, uh, uh, people that have gained a shitload of followers like basically overnight and uh so it's either they're they're trying to like drive up the like the valuation of it before the like the quarterly report or whatever because they have to report on users oh and uh so so to like drive up the value or something to maybe still like screw it out of the deal with elon but i think i think as far as i can tell they like that's going through like as long as that once it gets a cleared through the sec and whatnot uh it sounds like that that thing's done and uh i'm i'm all about it twitter i've always liked like how twitter was laid out 
Yeah. But then, then it just like all of a sudden, it got just like all politicky and and just like people just screeching at each other instead of like the funny shit that used to happen on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, I, I never, I've never had one of the Twitters. I've always just had the old Facebook, um, which I, I'm definitely as guilty as the worst guy out there about you know putting all this political bullshit on there, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind it. I like I I really enjoy the the politics, but it was like it stopped even being like a discourse. It was just like screeching back and forth, and there was, and then like neither neither side could take a joke, or they could take a joke up until they got made fun of, and it just like right. it it was like I don't know. It's it's like about the same time you haven't seen any. Uh, like any good comedies since then either. Like, like people were afraid to make jokes. Right. They're going to get canceled. I know. Yeah. I, th- I think maybe that's kind of turning around and, you know, for, for as much as I don't like uh big corporate billionaire types, like I, I'm, it is fucking fascinating to watch uh, Elon Musk right now. <laughs> I mean, he just yeah. fucking bought Twitter. Yeah, he just bought it. I that that is wild, and uh, and if he if he does what he says he bought it for, which is to just make it a free speech platform, like I that's that's gonna be awesome. And I can't wait till Donald Trump gets back on Twitter, even though he says he's not. I don't think Truth Social is gonna uh gonna be worth a fuck and eventually donald trump's gonna be back on twitter i don't like, think he can stay off it you know i mean I know. He's, he's gonna be like they begged, they begged me to come back you know and i thought man they're really going down the tubes but i could really turn this thing around because elon musk he's a, he's a he's a tremendous guy yep oh man yeah and, i don't know i you know i'm just uh i i don't know i i'm kind of skeptical i'm just skeptical of everyone but like you know, Elon Musk says he's like for capitalism and he actually, you know, does it, you know, he's yeah. not just trying to, you know, influx the market or whatever. Right. Like, and he, I mean, he's, he's taken plenty of government money. <clears throat> so, right. uh, so there's, I mean, he's got that on him. He's, uh, he's been a little bit of a union buster, but like all of these billionaires are. <clears throat> and, um, which that's that's something that hasn't really been covered a whole lot is that Amazon union that's going on in uh uh Staten Island um that's uh that's kind of a big deal cuz it's it's not affiliated with any of the major labor organizations it's uh like it's a, a standalone union just for Amazon uh workers well, I I haven't heard anything about that. I listened to that uh, Russell Brand talk once in a while, and he was uh, bad mouthing um, Amazon about I don't know trying to censor their. They have some online uh, yeah platform. They all email within. Yeah, it, it's like Facebook, but or or any uh, one of these social media platforms, but just for Amazon workers, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like they, they've had a bunch of complaints and I honestly, I think most of these, these worker complaints anymore are just a bunch of whiny bitches. Um, right. 
because when when you look at it compared to the factory conditions when the labor movement uh really kicked off here in the US i mean like 1900s turn of yeah, the century i mean go go uh, yeah. read the 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 jungle by upton sinclair which is wildly right. exaggerated but there's there's more than a, a little grain of truth to what he was writing and uh <clears throat> i mean it was pretty horrendous conditions yeah and and I don't think in Amazon's anywhere near. The, I think more than anything, Amazon's more like a micromanager all the fucking time. Because you're, but it's not even a person. It's just the apps. Yeah, it's like cool. your your phone or your your watch or whatever buzzes at you, and you're like, "Hey, fucko, you need to move faster." Well, okay, so I got a buddy that works for Amazon, and I was talking with him a couple months ago, and he was telling me about it, and. I, he, you know, because one of the things Russell Brand talked about was um, <laughs> people pissing in bottles, which yeah, you know, he said he does, but he also can get done with his job in like six hours, like when everybody else has taken like eight or nine. But he, yeah. he thought it was awesome because he'd just go put his time <laughs> into his work and get done and still get paid for eight hours, you know, yeah. when he's doing it. So like, he, he thought it was a pretty good deal. Um, but you know, he's a worker. Yeah. So. Well, and it sounds like that's not a, a mandatory thing. Like that's, isn't that something like there, it's kind of like corporate propaganda that also kind of works if you want to, like, like you said, if you want to get, get your shit done and get out of there. Right. Um, yeah. which I mean, that's awesome. Like for a corporation, cause like I used to work at, kawasaki and lincoln and like fuck i could get my a week's worth of work done in three days i was like why the hell do i have to be here for five you know right you gotta just put your time in i I, I hate that mentality so much like you know it's it's like the be here at dawn but we're not really gonna get started till eight right just sit here and twiddle your thumbs yeah and and, or it's like clock in times at six but sunup's not till 7 15 so you better be here on time so you can drink coffee for an hour yeah i don't (laughs) know it just is one of those i don't i don't know it's do they feed in the dark like are, are are they doing um, anything in the dark? Yeah, the the feeders will be going. Yeah, um, and like you'll like if you're shipping early, you'll be pulling cattle in the dark. But um, no, like if you're not shipping, um, uh, some they'll usually try to get their pin moves down in the dark too. But that's a little little different. That uh, that was uh, at least on on that uh, JBS Five Rivers yard. It was uh. You know the it was the receiving processing crew that did the most of your pin moves, and they would do them uh, first thing in the morning. Uh, or were there a lot of lights at that at that yard? Like- um, yeah, there was like the receiving area was really well lit, and uh, and then they had um they had a little portable light plant that they you know you'd just pull behind a pickup and uh. And you'd you take that to your shipping pins, but um, but all the gates had reflective stuff. So it was it was a big stink among the cowboy crew wearing a reflective vest. Oh, I bet. Uh, I think it still is. Gay. But you know what? I'm 
I saw how those those uh, feed truck drivers operated, and I was not afraid to wear a reflective vest. I I'm, yeah. I've got some self preservation about me, and I and uh, yeah, it it looked retarded. It uh, looked real dumb. Yeah. I don't I don't care. Um, it also kept me from getting smoked by a thirty thousand pound feed truck. So I'm good with that. Yeah, I reckon you got to do what you got to do. Well, how mm-hmm. I how is moving cows, you know, because cows don't really, you know, if they can't see, don't know what the fuck's going on. I feel like they're kind of a pain in the ass to move. I mean, I guess you guys had could just push them. All. Yeah, um, it, it wasn't so bad on horseback. Like if you if you had uh, several people there, if they were. They were fats. They were they were a little tough to move just because they they just move slower, right? Um, yeah. But the but you know like the the new cattle uh, they were they were plenty easy to move in the dark. Um, yeah. You know, and and they like the receiving guys. They they do it on four wheeler, but you just kill the lights and then <laughs> it's it's funny. Everybody uh, the first time they move cattle uh, in the dark, they they think the first thing you want to do is turn your lights on and that all that does is make your cattle want to stop and look at the light. Oh, really? Yeah. You kill your lights and, and they'll move a lot, a lot better. Huh? You got to let your eyes adjust. Well, my, uh, my dad, he talks about, so, uh, the neighbors, they had some ground way the fuck far away. Um, they had a big old ranch back in the day. Um, but they'd, uh, they'd, haul their horses down like and you know get there early in the morning before mm-hmm. the sun came up and then they just like all go to each corner of the pasture and just start hollering wake the cows up you know all in the dark and then the cows would wake up and then them cows would all just go to water and then once they went to water the sun was about coming up and then they could start driving them but like you know they had to drive them that far because it was such a far drive yeah, they had to get up first thing, you know, before the light, and then they, I think, they'd get done like right, you know, as the sun's getting down. Oh, I think so. I, I'm, it, uh, you know, I, I would like to, uh, on some of these, like, if they're gonna keep making westerns, like, uh, on some of those, like, like take take like a whole episode going through like what it took just to, uh to get camp moving you know yeah because uh there there was you know when you've got you know a whole bunch of teams and shit like it might be 10 o'clock before you're finally pulling out and going for the day and like you're gonna send a scout out there that will will tell you about just about how far you can make it in a day and will and you go to there and then it's same thing like you're working in the dark to to circle your wagons get everything set up and like it's a it's a fucking process yeah yeah i couldn't i couldn't imagine i mean but it's kind i imagine it's sort of a you know a rotational kind of grazing thing that they had going on like you know if they were just uh you know moving their cattle they probably knew how how far they could they get just yeah. in the you know to what point and then at that point they stop but i guess like you know moving back to like the 1880s when they first were coming up here nobody had any idea about any of the ground or anything mm-hmm. 
Cause I think they had, they, they'd have, you know, they take shifts and they'd have like two guys that would just ride around the cows all night. Yeah. And just, just keep them pushed in, keep them together. Yeah. Well, and it was kind of a, it was kind of a science about it too, because you had to grow them along the trail as well. Like you were like, you, you grew them for, you know, three or four years or whatever till they got to kind of slaughter weight. But then you had to, you had to like keep weight on them, but still be able to move them along the trail. And, uh, and you had to know just like how, how hard to push them and how, so that they would, they would hold weight and, <laughs> and still fetch a fair price there when, when you got them to the railhead. It was a, it was a whole different ball game. Yeah. It's pretty crazy to think about. I mean, just the thought of like, loading cattle onto you know a rail car and shipping them you know two days to some you know big city yeah can you imagine how rank that beef was back then i bet it was pretty (gasps) fucking awful holy shit man (laughs) they they hadn't seen a pound of grain in their life and they they got drove from south texas up to abilene kansas shipped on a slow moving uh rail car got knocked in the head literally knocked in the head with a fucking sledgehammer by some german immigrant <laughs> and it was uh yeah i bet that that beef was fucking ripe yeah yeah i don't know we uh <clears throat> sometimes like if a cow will break her leg or something like that we'll we'll take her into the take her into the locker and have her processed yeah sometimes it's all right you know we just have her all ground into hamburger mm. sometimes it's not definitely not worth a fuck yeah so, there there's there's a lot of times that stuff will get to smelling a lot like venison yeah yeah it's uh yeah it that uh i i, I can't imagine and then you know they they were uh they're either knocking those cattle in Chicago or Kansas City or Omaha. Yeah. Which is extremely hot and humid in the summer and uh bitter cold in the winter. And uh yeah, the 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 HVAC uh industry was not real well developed until really what the thirties probably. Yeah. I that, wonder how they even kept that stuff, you know, good. If it was uh, ice boxes, had they they had ice huge, boxes. yeah, they had like huge uh, ice blocks. Uh, that you know, I I would recommend uh, Upton Sinclair the Jungle because it, it it is a pretty good picture of like how how that all came about, you know, and and, it, and it's and it's. He's got to remember it's written from a very much a, a socialist point of view, yeah, and a, and a anti anti capitalist point of view. But like I said, there's there's very much some truth to to the stuff that he writes. But it, it was it was kind of fascinating. I I might have to read that again to to kind of get a a little better view of how the the packing industry worked back then. But yeah, I had a history teacher that told us about that book because I I never read it. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I think people fell in the meat grinders, you know. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. They just kept going. There was uh, <laughs> like it, it was some very, very graphic uh, depictions of of just horrific work conditions there. But I mean, but that that stuff's kind of been uh, it's, it's been that way since the beginning of time. Like they're, uh, but it they just it just gets updated. You know, before it yeah. was it feudalism. You had to. You got your your land from the Lord or whatever, and uh, and you had to pay most of your crop and rent to him, and huh. you, you kept just enough to to subsist on. Where <clears throat> same with like the the company town uh, in, in the you know the coal yeah. miner days, right? Uh, gold, the gold mine days too. But it was uh, you know. You had to buy everything from the company store because the next closest store was a hundred miles away, and uh, the only money they accepted was uh, like the company bucks, the shroot bucks, and uh, oh. and they just kept you in debt to the to the company all the time. So you it was essentially slave labor. Um, yeah, yeah, and so so it's it's like it, it's not hard to sympathize with like the early labor movement, but. Then, uh, yeah, you look at the union unions today. It's, uh, huh, I don't know. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to root for those guys. Yeah. I don't know. That's what I always, when I went to school, uh, for machining, um, that's what one of the teachers said. He said, you know, the best job or the easiest job you could get would be go cutting steel, uh, for the railroad. And they, you know, he's like, they'd only make, they got these CNC machines and they were only contracted out at making, you know, five axles an hour. So the guy would go make five axles in half an hour and then just sit on his ass for the, uh, the other half an hour until he had to go make some more axles. Yeah. So whether that's true or not, I mean, you know, that was at a trade school. So shit, who knows, but. Yeah. uh, I I don't know. I think there's a lot of lot of stuff like that where it's just no this is what the contract is this is what this is you know it does it, it it's funny when you uh you kind of you when those when those worlds kind of clash where like we're like especially if you're working like as your your average ranch cowboy like your ranch hand type rather than uh like you know full-on riding job cowboy yeah. <laughs> like you're kind of expected to do a little bit of everything. Yeah. And uh where the the union point of view is like, nope, this is what I'm doing. I'm getting my coffee break at this time and my other coffee break at this time. I'm getting lunch, I'm getting overtime and uh fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of it's kind of funny. It doesn't th- those two worlds like they uh there's a lot of overlap between between those type of people but uh when it comes to like the uh, those those type of jobs like that those attitudes don't mix at all within the like <laughs> they're you're yeah. they're in a cowboy alive that could lay out terms like a union guy right and, and get get hired at not really anywhere yeah hey uh I was thinking, um, have you been to the Hoover Dam before? No, I've, I've never been to the Hoover Dam. Um, I've been, I, I've been to Vegas, but, uh, 
Yeah, I've never been never been to the dam. I've never <coughs> I've never spent more than well, I've been to the airport and then I spent a week at uh, a friend of my wife's house waiting on uh, a transmission to get put back in my pickup. Um so oh, that yeah. that's that's my Vegas experience and I hated it. So um Yeah, it's, I bet. I bet. Well, the reason I ask is cuz uh well, you're talking about that uh uh that slaughterhouse uh uh how people would fall in the meat grinders yeah. well, this thing ha- happened at, at the hoover dam and like uh, uh when my mom and dad were younger they went out there on vacation and uh you know they said hey this many people fell in you know but they couldn't you know get them out or anything it was huge yeah well, somebody else, uh, pretty recently, uh, they went and they asked that question. They're like, did anybody fall in or anything like that? They're like, Oh no, nobody, nobody died while they were making this and that, this and that. I don't know. It's just kind of weird how they, they change their fucking stories. Uh, you can't tell me that the mob didn't throw a bunch of guys down, down oh, the concrete. Yeah. Cause that, that was like the heyday of like the mob taking over. Uh, or like starting to take over uh, Vegas and uh, and also getting involved with the labor unions and shit. So like that that's the main reason yeah. uh, Nevada goes uh, as hard Democrat as it does, just because of the unions between the mines and the and the casinos. Like there there's a ton of ton of union work and. Uh, <coughs> So you can't tell me that that the mob wasn't throwing throwing their their victims uh, just off into the concrete of the of the Hoover Dam uh, during the heyday of the you know of building that and and the mob taking over Vegas. Yeah, I always kind of forget about the mob. I uh, <clears throat> I saw this uh, big truck coming down. You know, one of them trucks that fixes. Uh, tractors you know the mobile mechanics or whatever so i'm coming down the road and i thought it was a buddy of mine so i flagged him down mm. but it wasn't it was uh i never met the guy before nice guy but he was telling me how he used to live out in colorado and he lived in new jersey before that but he was said how the mob was so bad out there and stuff fuck i always forget about that shit going on mm. Yeah, it's it's fresh in my mind. Me and me and my wife are just about to finish, finally finish The Sopranos. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, that show, like I, I'd never seen it before till <clears throat> we started here a couple months ago. That shit holds up. I'll I'll say that that's a good fucking show. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is a well. Is but, okay. Is the, is the end of it good though? I haven't seen we we just started the last season, so I haven't uh I haven't seen the final episode, so I'm gonna uh, I I've 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 heard about it, but I, I wanna I wanna see. Like it's uh mm-hmm. so far it's uh the the set the last season's been weird, but it's been good, so um I don't know. Uh but I uh <coughs> there's uh I I read a couple mob books back in the day and it's um it's pretty wild what they had their hand in. I mean just little bit of everything. Just every yeah. everywhere they could uh they could provide protection or uh get a little 
a little cut on the action. Boy, they they had their hand in everything. Yeah. And and yeah, they were they were brutal. They didn't they didn't give a fuck if you uh, you didn't pay. Continued not to pay. You were just gone. They'd break your kneecaps and then you were gone. Yeah. 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 I guess that's just city shit. I just try and stay the fuck out of the city. (laughs) Yeah, no shit. I, uh, you know, I used to be, um, I I did that, uh, episode here a while back on like the livestock associations where they had like their own kind of police force. But, uh, I think like even before that you had, you had those, you know, livestock associations, uh, which was basically just, uh, a cowboy mob <laughs> and uh, it was a, it was a protection racket. And, uh, was that like the guys would go after them, <clears throat> uh, horse thieves and shit like yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. But then we also had the organizations probably more often than not, than not that, uh, poses that same deal. But if you didn't, uh, make your monthly, uh, fee payment, then, uh, <laughs> you know, your cattle just mysteriously, uh, turned up missing yeah so huh. i don't know maybe that's just human nature yeah i think fucking everything's pretty fucking crooked you know I, you know Always i I, I dabble in the the anarchy stuff but i, I think when, once you delve off into anarchy <coughs> um i mean it's not it's not going to turn out any different than what we have now like the the biggest the biggest and strongest will uh We'll, we'll seize power and then right. uh, they might build it into something really cool. But just look at all the, like I always, I always used uh, Paris Hilton as a good example. Like her, her granddad was a real estate or not real estate, but like a uh, hotel magnet. I mean, just built the, the company from the ground up ultra wealthy. And uh, <coughs> his granddaughter is famous for being famous and, having a really boring blowjob on on camera yeah i don't know it's, uh, i feel like that's kind of how it is though you mm. know the people that are born into money fuck i'm i i used to run around with a bunch of people like that when i was younger like different groups of people but there was this one group of people man these guys i think they all had fucking trust funds they were from the fucking rich high school and stuff and mm. Yeah, man, it's like I couldn't even they start talking about stuff. And then, you know, it's like I couldn't even fucking relate to them. Like, (laughs) you guys live on like a different world. Like, I'm going to work. You guys are like planning vacations and shit. (laughs) You guys don't have jobs either. So, like, how the fuck does that work? Right. Yeah, they're they're like always going somewhere. And you always like, how where does that money come from? Right. Uh, yeah, they like they have no value, have no like they don't value a dollar at all or, or any sort of like there's no value to it, right? Uh, yeah, so uh, you you were saying uh, before like you you just you were a deadhead, like or, or, or is that like was a marine like where you once a marine, always a marine, once a deadhead, always a deadhead, or, or how does I mean, that work? I still like the Grateful Dead, and I'll be honest. Ugh. I, every time like spring comes around, it starts warming up and I've been fucking locked up, you know, all winter feeling like, man, I just want to go. I just want to just hop on the road and go, go check something out, you know? 
So, Good. so how long did you follow the dead? Uh, I mean, really like, I don't know, two years, like kind of solid, but like, it was pretty much like my whole twenties until I quit drinking and, and, uh, and, and had to go sit in the, sit in the jail for about six months. Um, oh. and then that was basically after that, I just can't move back, move back out here and yeah. Did you, uh, did you like run, run a car through a Taco Bell or something? Well, I, you know, I guess I already did my time, so it's not a big deal. I guess maybe some people might listen. I guess I don't give a fuck though. You know, no fucks given. Um, I got, got caught with a little bit of LS Ditley. Um, yeah. And then, uh, you know, it was pretty rough. Like, uh, I had this rough three weeks and I was like starting probation for that and stuff, but they were moving the probation office. So they weren't like drug testing or anything. And it was right around my birthday, which is like the first part of May. So I was just, I was like, fuck, I'm going to go party. And then I was like, well, fuck, maybe I'll go down to Kansas city and go, uh, hang out with this old girlfriend of mine. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, anyways, ended up getting picked up in old St. Joe misery and had to sit in jail for 10 days there for like, Oh, I don't know. Like my fourth, first offense DUI turns out if you get a whole bunch of DUIs in different States, they, well, at least back in the day, they were all first offenses. So I'm like fucking winning <laughs> pretty much. There you go. So, so what, when you follow the dead, like how, how did that, like, how did you fall into that deal? Well, I just kind of like used to go around to like uh, a bunch of different concerts and stuff. And, uh, <clears throat> I didn't have a job. It was kind of funny. Um, I didn't have a job and I was like uh, 22 and I was mm-hmm. thinking, I was like, Oh, I should probably <clears throat> should probably like go get a job or something kind of a deadbeat at that point in time. Um, anyways, uh, this friend called me up and she's like, Hey Joe, I'm, I'm leaving for the East coast in like, 20 minutes you want to go for three weeks we're gonna go hit some fish shows go to a couple concerts i was like uh if you give me two hours i can and so i just like got all my stuff together i it was kind of kind of crazy because like i lost my phone down in arkansas at a music festival down there oh shit yeah, so I didn't have a phone and hadn't had a phone. So, like, she got a hold of me from through one of my roommates and, you know, talked to her that way. Anyways, when I was waiting over that two hours, my phone showed up. So, I was like, all right, I guess I'm good to go. You get Hell stranded yeah. out here, then at least I can call somebody, maybe get get back or something. But, yeah, there was this, uh, there was this guy. He had a – he kind of had, like, a booth. He just sold, like – shit at you know <laughs> t-shirts or i don't know just random shit crystals you know all that hippie kind of shit those hippies like oh yeah um, dream catchers dream catchers yeah every little fucking knickknack thing you can think of like some fucked up kid's gonna buy you know? yeah uh but he he'd do that so he went to a bunch of different uh uh concerts and stuff so i kind of just hopped on 
rode along with him and uh yeah it was uh it got pretty uh yeah it was always interesting um yeah i don't know i always kind of it's kind of weird like i kind of got into the dead when i was like in high school and uh read this book about him uh steve parish wrote it it was uh called home before daylight okay uh, pretty good read uh just a bunch of stories and stuff but i always imagine that they were the, the, the grateful dead was like cowboys because like yeah. a bunch of the different songs uh you know like i know you rider and uh uh shoot i guess some of them like kind of me right now but you know like they did el paso yeah me and my uncle uh you know a lot of different kind of westerny sounding songs right and, and then they had that ranch out there which i just read the book and they always called it a ranch. So, you know, I just thought of like what I thought of as a ranch, um, you know, but I, I feel like there's just kind of like a connection, uh, between it's just the nomadic kind of style, you know, mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I was hanging out with some rodeo guys a couple years ago, like hitting a few different rodeos and stuff. And like, they'd let me, like, I just got on ranch Bronx and stuff and they're like, getting the saddle bronx but sometimes i go along with them and uh it was uh you know i it just really reminded me of like living on the road i mean living on the roads living on the road and i think like it was they're driving cattle in the you know late 1800s or like you know even like the modern day cattle haulers Uh, i got a buddy uh, that i went to school with that's what he's doing now and I don't know. I guess if this whole ranching thing don't pan out, then plan on just kind of buying a, a pot and a semi and just, I could just haul cattle across the country. Cause why not? Yeah. Would you have, uh, would you have joined in the trucker protest? Fuck yeah. That was such bullshit. I don't, but I, you know, I have so many first offense DUIs. I don't think they'd let me into Canada, but <laughs> five years here in a, like shoot about a week, it's going to come off. So I can get my CDL and my pilot's license if I feel like it. So there you go. That's um, pretty. Exciting. Yeah. That, uh, <clears throat> I, I really feel like the, the U S uh, trucker convoy just, it, they just missed the mark on, on everything. Like, it was it was too little, too late, and by like even even if they would have like got a whole bunch of truckers uh, involved, it was just like ah, I mean, COVID's kind of over, guys, already. Right, right. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I guess if them guys from California that had to deal with all that bullshit, like kind of mm-hmm. would have stepped up or something. Yeah, it, but it, like, it just wouldn't have made much sense to like it would have made way more sense if it would have been airline workers uh like marching on Washington. Yeah. But uh as far as the truckers go, like like it just didn't make that much sense unless you were one of those cross border truckers. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. They should have they should have a bunch more dudes should have went up to Canada. I don't know. That see, fucking the, the yeah, right wing in America gone. is just absolutely awful at, at organizing. The, oh yeah, the Democrats have that shit down. They they can they can organize shit in a hurry, but like well, most of God, though. <laughs> well, yeah, because they 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 either 
recruit a bunch of people that don't have jobs or they recruit a bunch of people that work in the city that can go protest on their lunch break or something. Right. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, <laughs> me and you, we got to make sure uh, you either put out enough feed to last till you're gone or line up somebody to, to feed your critters while you're out. And, uh, and then you got to be back as soon as you can because you got work to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole different, whole different men- mentality. Yeah. Well, I don't know. That's yeah. I've kind of always been looking for a chick and for the longest time I thought like maybe if I had, if I could get like a hippie chick, that was kind of my joke was I was like, you know, they're all fucking communist. Like all, at least all like the really good looking ones. I was like, but if I just brought them out here and gave them some chores, I bet it would straighten them right up. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I had a, one of my good buddies, he, he had a string of girlfriends that just did not last. He would, uh, but they would like immediately move out to the ranch with him. Oh, no shit. And, uh, and then it would never last. And I always, I was like, why do you do that? And then, you know, it's like, Hey, he finally found one that stuck. And, uh, I figure from his point of view, like there's no sense in dragging it out. Just throw him right into the meat grinder. This is, this is where I live and this is where I'm staying. So right. You either like it or you don't. And, uh, he, he, uh, he had, a had a lot of swings and misses, but he, he finally, he finally hit one that, uh, that that stuck so there you go yeah yeah i yeah you i mean you got to throw them to the wolves and see what happens you know it's a sink or swim kind of thing that, how many funny. how many uh mail order brides you think were back in the old west there had to have been quite a few well fuck how many movies have they come out with that like there's several movies about that in there and how they like bring them out here and then they go fucking batshit crazy and then they gotta ship them back east <laughs> yeah there there has been I guess there has been plenty of movies about that um and it's it's always hard to tell with uh you know cause it's Hollywood they uh, there's, there's they start with a grain of truth and then they go from there and I mean that, that's I mean that's what entertainment is in, in general but uh yeah you know there's but then you also you like you read some accounts of uh of the old west or just the, the old days in general and it'd be pretty goddamn hard to make that shit up <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I think there was a lot of them um you know i mean between widows i mean isn't that how abraham lincoln's dad and his uh i guess she wasn't a mail order bride but it was just kind of an arranged thing well, that's that's what a lot of the the polygamy was within the Mormons too. I mean, not don't don't get me wrong. There was plenty of like uh, <laughs> shit. I'm just reading a comment here. <laughs> that mail order bride deal might be better than risking a barrel racer. <laughs> you may be right. You may yeah. be right. Um, there there was plenty of like the weird uh, like old men you know, marrying 14 year old girls just because that, that was their thing in the, in the Mormon church. But a lot of the, a lot of it was just like, Hey, we're, you're, you know, you're a widow woman now and your, your husband was a, you know, an elder in the church. So now like you're Brigham Young's earthly, earthly bride. And he like, he takes care of you till, till you die. But like, there was no, there was no, uh, you know, there was no, 
consummation of the marriage. It was just yeah. strictly just taking care of widow women. But there, but like I said, there's plenty of plenty of the other shit going on. Speaking of which, there. Did you ever read um, "Under the Banner of Heaven" by John Krakauer? I have not. That's a really good book, and it uh, goes pretty deep into like the modern day um, fundamentalist Mormon, and he does a lot of like between uh, past and present on uh, between the like the early Mormon Church and stuff. But anyway, they're doing a uh, a Hulu series. I think it's just oh. Um, coming out here uh this week sometime so i i'm gonna watch that yeah i might have to check that out yeah those mormons are fascinating fascinating people (sighs) well fuck they were so tough though you know i mean that's what i'm saying like their their religion from what i i was raised which is your your standard like southern baptist type And from what I, I was raised and, and to what they they preach is so fucking weird to me. But also, yeah, they were so tough and and then they were so insightful about just being self-sufficient. And also they threw all of their middle fingers to the to the government and just fuck you and if you try to attack us, we're gonna hit your supply chain. And we are gonna burn everything behind us and head to the hills. I'm just like, I I like that. I I like that a lot. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I I definitely have a lot of admiration for anybody who just digs down, you know, and holds their ground. Yeah, and and I I liked they they realized like, hey, we're not we're not taking on the U.S. Army head to head. <laughs> like we we ain't winning that one. So we're we're gonna stampede their cattle. Uh, we'll win her on 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 their beef and and everything that we have don't get attached to it because we're burning it behind us. Nice. Yeah, just like yeah, they were hard people. <laughs> yeah, there. But there's something with that. Uh, who, who's the one that wrote all the book and and did all that shit? Like the one who started it. Um, Joseph Smith. <laughs> yeah. I see I I'm not quite sure there is some connection um uh, it with uh I I feel I'm wanting to say like with my family um oh. like one of my sides of my family like way way down the line um whether that's true or not but basically uh his whole family disowned him but from what I've heard Pretty much, yeah, because he got into the polygamy deal and it was kind of, that was like the last straw that kind of drove him out of Nauvoo, Illinois. And and, uh, and that's, you know, that that was kind of what led to him him getting murdered was was the polygamy deal. Oh, he got murdered. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess I, guess I don't really know a whole lot about it. It's just hearing stories and shit when I oh, was a kid. I, dude, I went down the rabbit hole. Don't worry. I'm, oh, you I'm went st- on that rabbit hole? I'm still working. I, I'm doing a Dan Carlin-style series on the Mormons, and, <clears throat> like, I'm, I'm talking, you know, five or six part uh, of, like, four-hour episodes. Oh, like shit. I, yeah, there's a lot there, but it's uh, it's it's a long way from being done. <laughs> it's uh, I, I thought it was gonna I was gonna be able to knock it out in a couple months. Fuck no, I've got 
I've probably got like another year worth of reading if I really got after it right now. But like, so it's, oh, yeah, there's, it's fascinating though. It is, it is really, really fascinating. Well, the the thing about that, that Joseph Smith that I always heard was like his family just, they didn't like him because he was just some kind of fucking pathological liar, which, well, See, I don't know. I and I've not heard that much. Like what really was was at the end when he was taking uh his his other wives, his his original wife was not um was not on board at all. And uh, <laughs> and then um yeah, like the Brigham Young wing of the church was kind of into that deal too. So when when the power struggle happened, uh, it was uh, Brigham Young that that took hold, and then but they he uh, he played it cool, and they didn't they didn't really make uh, polygamy a public thing till they moved to Utah, and then then it was kind of fair game, and and he, even then like like the days of it being like out in the open didn't last much past of uh, um, Brigham Young. So what? Well, what was the deal? Did they did they just re did, uh, a couple years ago? Didn't they? Didn't the federal government either ban polygamy or re-allow polygamy? No, it was the state of Utah. They decriminalized okay. uh, polygamy again. So, <clears throat> which is what what they should have done, but they it also so the Mormons were they were a thorn in in the government side because they were trying to get the, they were trying to get this transcontinental railroad built and they had to go through Utah and Brigham Young went to Utah, uh, to get out of the U S back. Cause it was still part of Mexico. And then like shortly after the first Mormons settled in the Salt Lake Valley, we went to war with Mexico and whooped the fuck out of them. And Utah became part of the U S anyway. So Brigham Young's just like, God damn it. Can't get away from the fucking bed. Yeah. And so then there was the Utah war and, uh, <clears throat> and also like when you're dealing with a bunch of religious crazies and that's all you were dealing with in, in Utah at the time was just ardent Mormons. Like they, like you had to be, a believer to, to make it to fucking Utah. Yeah. In the 18, 1840s, you know, like, God damn. Right. You, you had to really believe. Um, yeah. So then, then like they, but then they had, they had like their own purification process process. And, uh, and so they, they had their, the Mormon reformation and everybody was like up at a fever pitch. And then they had this big, uh, big massacre at, of a bunch of uh it was a wagon train that was actually just moving through and they <laughs> they ended up slaughtering them all oh the mormons and, killed them all oh yeah and they they blamed oh. it on the indians and it was a big oh, um it was a big scandal and it really kind of swung public opinion against the mormons back in those days and yeah yeah like they were working on um kind of like working to a stand like a standoff with the, the US government and then yeah, that Mountain Meadows massacre kinda kinda turned shit against them and and it was uh 
kind of downhill from from there. I mean, like they still. I mean, even today, the Mormon Church runs Utah. Yeah, <clears throat> and and well, like a lot big parts of Idaho and Nevada too. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Well, okay. So, do you have three two beer out in Nevada? No, see, Nevada is uh, wide open as far as liquor laws go. So if you can, okay. if you can sell us a, uh, a six pack of beer, you can sandal, you can sell a handle of whiskey too. So like you, you can buy everything at the at the gas station, and uh, there is no closing time. And cool. a, and a, several of the cities have have no open container law either. So you can just walk down the street with a with a beer. Huh. That's pretty. Well, does does Utah? Because I always heard they had they had three two beer, and that was the only beer you could get. Um, I don't know. Utah's got some weird law. Kansas did too, though. I mean, Kansas was three two, uh, in the convenience stores. Um, <clears throat> I think it might. I think in parts it might still be three two in the in the convenience stores. Colorado uh, was like that too, though. Like early, yeah, it they was were like up until recently. Yeah, yeah. Growing but, up, you know, it was uh, was three two in the convenience stores and no beer on Sundays. Oh yeah, no beer on Sundays. <laughs> I remember that. Which yeah. they did away with that pretty recently as well. Mm. Which yep. I mean, I kind of understood why they did the three two <clears throat> in the convenience stores and like Walmart and stuff because you know uh tourists go there that don't yeah. know and like they're gonna get fucked up anyways you know i mean high elevation drinking yeah i i don't know there that that temperance movement must have been wild back in the the early 1900s because i mean they got it they got a constitutional amendment passed <laughs> to make right. alcohol illegal that's fucking wild well, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, how pissed off were these fucking housewives oh. to, you know, get this shit, you know? And I, I mean, it wasn't everybody, but, like, enough loudmouth ones to fucking get it established. See, here's what the deal was, is you had, you had uh, industrialization so they could make beer on a mass scale. Mm. And you had a whole bunch of Irish and German and Italian immigrants that all liked the booze. And now you can make it at a, at a huge scale and their, their life sucks outside of sucking down a, a cold one after work. And so you just had a bunch of raving, drunk, angry immigrants running around. Yeah. So, I mean, and if you're you're some little church lady from Kansas, that that is pretty scary. So, I yeah, I guess. But fuck, I mean, they ain't got nothing. <laughs> like, how how can you take the last thing they got from them? You know. Fuck. Well, uh, they did, and then <laughs> it led to led to all sorts of gangs. Yeah, I yeah. I heard a story. Oh, uh, about an hour west of Valentine, they. Uh, these guys, they, they had a ranch, but they were also bootlegging at the time and stuff too. They, uh, anyways, so they're all out putting up hay and, uh, birth of the Karen was, uh, was the temperance movement. Yeah. Well well said, Brian Frank. Well said. Well, these, uh, anyways, these, uh, feds show up to this ranch. These guys are all out in the hay field. 
And uh, so the wives, uh, you know, they're making lunch. They're like, well, why don't you guys have lunch before we, uh, you know, before you go arrest our husbands or whatever? So they sat down and had lunch. They ended up, uh, I think they called the men out of the hay field and told them to go break everything down. They went and broke all of the, you know, their still and all the bottles and everything down. So then when these feds get done with lunch, then uh, they're, they're like, all right, we're going to arrest you. And they're like, under what grounds? And then they go and look and it's all fucking gone. Hmm. Yeah. I forget what that family's name is. I guess they used to to brew some some moonshine up in uh, like Elko County. Oh, and, really? And that that area, I <coughs> I don't know for sure. Um, I didn't hear much about it uh, where I grew up. Uh, but then, of course, you know, like that that Kentucky, West Virginia, North Carolina, Tennessee area, like. Fuck. West Virginia. Fuck. Yeah. My man. They they were making they so lot. much. They, they still make so much moonshine out I there. Know, but I, can you imagine I, back in the day, like when at the heyday of it? Holy shit, they made so much moonshine. Oh, they must have made so much fucking money. Oh, dude. I, and I mean, just the fact that they invented stock car racing <laughs> from yeah. from running shine like that. That's that's one thing like you, we've all heard it over and over again, but I I don't think it's appreciated enough that like they they spawned an entire sport just from getting away from the fucking cops. It's wild. Yeah. It's that wild. Yeah. Um. Now I uh, Nebraska, you guys are kind of like on the. I kind of view you guys like Montana where you're you're kind of like a equal number of bars and churches in the same town. Yeah. Yeah. If, if not more <laughs> bars, more I don't know. Yeah. They like to drink out here. I had a friend out in Oregon telling me, you know, that you can see a difference between somebody that's from the Midwest and somebody that's from the coast, like just the way they drink. Oh yeah, for you sure. Know, guzzle beer. Like the, yeah, that, that stretch from like, you know, Ohio to basically the front range of Colorado is like a different, like beer drinking is a, is a hobby in and of itself. Well, it's like if you don't have a beer in the, your hand, like what what are you doing, you know? Yeah, it's it's strange. Uh I don't know, cuz like you get out here especially like these these buckaroo types on the big circle outfits, like they might not drink for 3 or 4 months, but then it's just like a a a bottle of whiskey to the face. Oh, really? For, they get for like up. for like 3 days and you're just like yeah, I mean, when Mackie Hedges talks about uh, some dude waking up in the res next to a three hundred pound Indian woman, like he he's witten, he's he's he knows the person that happened to, <laughs> and it's just uh, it's it's a lot more like the the old style cowboys where you like you're on the trail for three months at a time, you know, three, four, five, six months at a time, and then you get two nights in town before you head back south. And yeah. you, 
and you just make the most of it. And you, you might you might shoot somebody. Uh, you're definitely getting a whore, and you're and you're not going to remember any of it. Yeah, the good old days. Yeah, yeah, but like the yeah, like that that part of the Midwest and like the like like I said, anywhere from like Ohio to the Front Range is just it's like that's just what you do. Like when you get together, everybody brings a thirty rack because yeah. then they're all going to get drank at some point. Yeah. Are they are there very? Uh, you probably don't. You hit the bars very often. Are are there very many fights and shit out there? You know, I I've not spent a ton of time in the bars out in Nevada. Um, the most the most I've ever really been like I, I spent spent some you know at the bar in Elko during uh, the Cowboy Poetry's when I've been out there, but. There's really only one year where like they had a full crowd and that was, you know, that's more like uh, a lot of out of town people. Uh, Reno was, I, I never, never really saw any fights. Um, no, I, I think, uh, I think it's one of those deals. Like when the Cowboys come to town, it, it, it can, can be a fight that pops off, but it's not going to be anything anything big but i've been like back home like any of the mexican uh parties or the mexican bars like you oh yeah yeah you keep your head on a swivel like and, and that's not talking shit on mexicans that's just what happens like they they ain't afraid to stab a motherfucker right <laughs> like that that's yeah. just how just 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 know that's how it is and yeah. uh and you'll yeah so like there's been plenty of times where you look you look around at a at a bar in southeast Colorado and you're just like, ah, I think it, it's time to go. Uh, it is yeah. it, it is time to head out. Well, last time I was in town, oh, a couple weekends ago. I mean, it was on Easter, like a full moon. But uh there was I think there was like two fights back to back, and it was just like, wow. Just I feel like there's always a fight, and I, I don't know if they, we just fight more up here because I definitely got buddies that are always looking, like I, you know. Yeah, that's what it felt like when I was up in Montana. It was just like people like to fight, you know. Like every, every time I went to the bar, there was somebody trying to trying to pick a fight with me, and I just yeah, I, I just I, I'm not I'm not much of a fighter, so I I mean I will if I have to, but I'd rather not. Most, yeah. I'm not one of those guys who just likes a good fight. Yeah, there. I feel like there's a few of them up here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I think it's because it comes with the with the cold weather. It just it makes you pissed off at the world. That could be. That could be. Uh, we, we have this thing. It's called the bull bash or whatever. It's always over Valentine's Day weekend, like right before Valentine's Day or whatever. Yeah. Tell you what, it was packed. Like there were so many people in the bar and stuff. Anyways, hanging out, you know, it kind of sucks. Like when you don't even have enough room to stand. Well, all of a sudden, they like they start kicking people out. And I'm like, these guys are leaving. <laughs> they they just started fighting in the middle of Main Street, and it's just like, where the fuck are the cops at? It was like <laughs> went inside, hung out with my buddy, and then we went back outside and smoked a cigarette. And they're still fighting like 15 minutes later. <laughs> this guy laid out 
cold across the across the road and it's just like man i hope he ain't dead <laughs> he got up and shuffled away all right it's another funny. saturday night i guess when i when i went to the bar up in cleveland montana and i already had like uh, the first person i saw when i walked into this bar was uh this little scrawny fucker that had tried to fight me the uh the week before yeah and uh and I was like, oh, God damn it. And we're like, we're getting ready to head into cabin season. You know, it's where you don't leave the ranch till right. till we're done. And I was like, God damn it. I'm going to have to fight this guy. I don't want to fight. I'm here to get drunk before I don't leave the ranch for, for 60 days. You know, I'm just like, yeah. I want to have a, have a good time. And, and sure enough, I end up fighting the guy is a little, but not that I was uh, like a big strapping young lad at the time. I was working on ranch wages in Montana, fresh out of college. So I, I uh, <coughs> every bit of pudge that I had, I dropped pretty quick. Um, right. And uh, so I, I was maybe weighing like a buck eighty maybe and uh but i could have it felt like i outweighed this dude by 100 pounds i mean he was tiny little fella strong i'll give him that he he did have a pretty strong grip but he tried to just wrestle me he tried to wrestle you which is fine like i i understand the like i i wrestled too so i sprawled and that was kind of the end of that (laughs) you know i mean if um for all practical purposes in a street fight wrestling if you don't get the takedown, it's um, it's not much use. No. Like, like if you don't get the takedown, then um, yeah, you're you're kind of stuck to throwing punches. And so yeah, I, I sprawled and hit him in the gut twice, and and then like I said, I outweighed him by at least fifty pounds. And eventually, I just kind of sat on him. I was like, I, I'm if I hit this guy a bunch, he may end up in the hospital, and there may be charges filed and like i said I, at this point i was you know it was pretty early in the evening so I, I was i wouldn't say stone sober but for the most part sober like mostly sober and i was thinking rationally and uh yeah i just kind of sat on him and said hey I, i'm i'm good when you are and uh he got real red-faced and eventually they he decided he was he was good and then he bought me bought me a shot of whiskey and we were friends after that but I was like, God, we could have just been friends. Like that, none of that shit had to happen. <laughs> you know, you could have just been not an asshole. <laughs> and well, there's, some, there's some fuckheads you just got to knock some sense into, though. You know, at the same oh, yeah. time. Yeah, and I don't know. It was just, uh, it was a funny deal that, like that, that was really unnecessary, and it didn't, yeah. it didn't turn out good for you and i i've been i've been on the other end of just starting a stupid fight here and there and I, I don't do that very often but i've i've been been at that point but yeah I, this i don't from what i gathered this wasn't the this guy's first tango <laughs> it, it yeah, was kind I mean, of a, re, a recurring theme huh well, you know, there's something to be said about that uh, that Napoleon uh, syndrome or whatever yeah, they call it. A little short man syndrome. That uh, yeah, yeah, it you is. know, they got something to prove or something. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> anyhow, it, it's just 
small towns. Um, yeah, I reckon. So you, uh, you, you jumped in with your friend headed to the East coast. Uh, and so were you were, were you actually following the dead or you just like going concert hopping? Ah, uh, well, it wasn't even, the, that wasn't the dead at that point in time. We, we hit a dead show. Um, that was more of a fish tour. Mm. So we were following, we were following fish around for, for the first part of it. Uh, went, to went to Camden, um, New Jersey. That place was a shithole. I mean, I like up until that point in my life, like I'd only ever been to like Omaha and whenever okay. I went to Omaha, like I was pissed off. Like I, I was all, I always drive and I always have, it's like I was driving and I was just so pissed off. I'm like, how do people live like this? This is ridiculous. Yeah. They're just living on top of each other. And it's like, you know, I'm driving through the interstate on the interstate through town at like 65 miles an hour. And it still takes 45 minutes to go through t- all of the town. Anyways, went out there and we, we ended up in the second part of, uh, I guess we only had four shows. <clears throat> so we had two, two, two night runs and the other one was in Maryland. And it's like, we, we were in New Jersey. Like we drove through a little bit of not town and then we were ended up in like Boston or somewhere, but it's like, they're telling me, they're like, yeah, we just crossed the state line. We're in this state now. And it's like, what the fuck? All the, you know, we're still in a town. Like yeah. it's still all town. We have not, not been in town this entire time. All my buddies that live in the Denver area, I just, I call it all Denver because um, that, that is, that's what it is to me. Like, no, I, I live in Aurora. Yeah, just South Denver. That's South yeah. Denver. Yeah. Well, the whole thing, like, I mean, because, like, when I was living out in Fort Collins and stuff. Oh, it, I know. You, I mean, you'd drive, you'd drive, and then you'd hit Loveland, and then you'd have, like, a stretch and no lights. Yeah. Driving down 287, and then and then you'd hit Longmont. Yeah. Then you, you'd have a little bit more stretch. But it's just like I, that shit, like 10 years ago, there at least was like some farm ground or something, not lights everywhere. And now the whole yeah, thing's lights. Just all connected from Wellington down to Pueblo for the most part. Yeah. It's, it's wild. Uh, yeah, Colorado's ruined. Yeah, it sucks. I know. Uh-huh. I hate. I, I, I love Colorado, but uh, man. I don't. Man, you'd, I don't. Uh, uh, <laughs> it, I'd be real, real hard pressed to move back at this point. So, do you know where Estes Park is? Oh yeah, yeah. So I used to live up the mountain from Estes Park in this oh, little okay. town, Allen's Park. And yeah. It's kind of a neat little place. Um, you know, because it's all spread out and kind of just like in the mountains, whatever. Uh, it, uh, yeah. I couldn't get away from people like, cause everybody on their day off and you know, everybody has, you know, somebody has at least like one day off every yeah. day of the week. It's like, so I, you know, I wanted to just live out like kind of in this quiet area, but it's like, there was still always cars just zipping by on the highway. Oh, I know. Always hear them. That, yeah. that was the nice thing about Southeast Colorado is, uh, nobody came out there like yeah 
people fled there for the most part. And, uh, and, the, and the people that, uh, had business would begrudgingly go there and then leave as soon as they could. So like that, that's one thing I know that like if, if shit really pops off, I can go to somewhere in Nevada and be okay. Or I can go back home to Southeast Colorado because nobody's trying to conquer that shit. Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. But it's probably still, you know, ungodly whorehouse prices just to get like a little bit of ground out there, isn't it? Oh yeah. Like if you're, shit. yeah, you, you're, yeah, it's, uh, there, there is nothing out there. It's worthless ground, but everybody's prouder in hell of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, do you, yeah, but do they sell it? Like, you know, if you're like a family, you know, they know your family and you're from the area. I mean, they cut people prices or is it just price gouging the whole way um, through, you think? I, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think anybody gets any real, real special deals. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, uh, I mean, you have have that deal like where my dad's working on, where you, it's a an investment company with ties to Russia. Oh, nice! Buying, buying this ranch and uh, and then sinking a whole bunch of agricultural wells on it that are just going to dry up the aquifer even faster than it's already drying up, and <clears throat> probably they're gonna sell the land for a pretty profit and those water rights will end up going to the front range somewhere. Yep. And, uh, and yeah, in the meantime, it's just gonna suck the aquifer dry until there's no more water. And then you just have, uh, instead of what they call the, the great American desert, it literally will be the great American desert. Cause without that groundwater, there ain't nothing growing out there. No. And uh, well, you yeah. can't even drill wells out there or nothing, can you? Um, my dad was saying when his when his grand his granddad homesteaded our place, it was sixty feet to water, or was it thirty feet? It's thirty or sixty feet to to hit water, and now yeah. it's now it's over three hundred. Holy shit! Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and so, so they don't have windmills out there anymore i take um, it um yeah you do i mean you be you got to drill for them there's yeah. uh but yeah they uh, i don't know it it's just what happens when you try to farm a piece of the world that wasn't ever meant to be farmed yeah well yeah i don't know them fucking pivots they sure fucking drink a lot of water yeah they do and yeah and it's all the funny thing is it's all commodity crops too where it's yeah it's yeah it's all subsidized they give you an incentive to to grow it and then that you get a get a, get everybody just hooked on that tit and it's hard hard to get away from it yeah yeah well so have you heard this theory oh my cousin told me that He's kind of into some crazy conspiracy theory shit, but he said that if if we would just get rid of uh, monocrops, that that uh, allegedly you know this uh, global warming that everybody's so fucking bent out of shape about and shit, it would like heal itself in like 
a decade or less or some crap like that. Have you ever heard that one? Um, nothing quite like that. I've I've heard. You know, there, there's a big move towards the regenerative farming stuff, which I think there's some merit to that. Um, but the the they, they talk like monocrop is is a new thing, but it's it's not like like even even the right. you know like your early farming Indians they had rows of certain crops, right we we've just taken that style of farming and expanded it because now we have tractors that can pull you know 60 rows of of uh crops or whatever uh as opposed to one one row one at a time yeah so i i i um i i think the the subsidized farming is is awful because it it's what keeps people still trying to grow dry land uh, Milo and wheat in the high plains. Yeah, when when they that that should be all grass and, and be grazed. I mean, that, honestly, that's that that's what the the high plains is is that's what it was. Like that, yeah. was, there wasn't any any really any bands of Indians outside of right along the river that were trying to farm out there. Well. You know, I mean, even like it's kind of like the 1980s, you know, how Russia did that, uh, that ploy or whatever. They bought all that fucking wheat. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, plow up everything and plant wheat because we got to feed the world and this yeah. and that. So everybody planted everything. And it's then like, yeah. it broke us. <clears throat> so, but it's crazy because like if you're driving out and like, uh, Oh, whatever that one is that goes to Fort Collins, that highway, uh, 14, maybe it, uh, Oh, up North. Yeah. Yeah. It, if you're taking that and you look, you can see these shitty, shitty pastures, they're fucking awful. Yeah. But it's like, you know, that it doesn't have any, anything there, you know, no sod to speak of really. Like they just plowed it up 20, 30 years ago. Yep, it's like it's still not there. Like there's still nothing. Now, and it's it's in CRP now though, so that means it's all all in good shape. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's it's ridiculous. Hey, uh, I gotta take a leak. Let's uh, let's call that good for the main episode. We'll uh, we'll come back here in a minute. We'll uh, we'll do a little Patreon bonus. Oh, tell some crazy stories and shit. Yeah, you bet. Hey, uh, where where can everybody find you if you want them to find you? Oh, uh, you can find me on uh, Facebook. I'm just Joe Drinkwalter. Joe Drinkwalter. Crazy shit on about hating it, you know, stance of the government and shit. So he's a hippie militia man. Oh fuck. All right. Well, yep. go go follow him on Facebook, Joe Drinkwalter, and uh thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to follow this conversation even further, patreon.com slash burning daylight. Give me your money. I promise I'll do something stupid with it. And or if nothing else, you'll get to hear something stupid that people that don't pay me money don't get to hear. So anyway, thanks for tuning in and move your ass. Driving that train, how cocaine. Casey Jones, you better watch.
just crossed my mind. 